It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the Times of London's unique take on the world every day. I'm Alex Dibble. And I'm Cara Bentley. And today we take a step inside real India, not the one you'll see on the news coverage of the G20, but the rural India that arguably it's trying to hide. We hear about the Rotten Tomatoes review controversy and have some fun with Elton John's songwriting partner. World leaders have arrived in New Delhi uh, for the G20, which is the biggest 19 economies as well as the EU, uh, among them, of course, Joe Biden, Emmanuel Macron and Rishi Sunak, the first Hindu prime minister of the UK. And Narendra Modi, the prime minister of India, is, it's fair to say, putting on a show Mm. uh, to say that India is significant economically and diplomatically to the world. Yeah. Uh, The Times diplomatic correspondent, uh, Catherine Philp, is there and she has filed a brilliant piece on India, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Now, Catherine joins us from New Delhi now. Uh, Catherine, thanks very much for your time. Um, first of all, tell us about the things that Narendra Modi can, you know, quite legitimately be very proud about. Yeah, one of the things that he's done that he's very proud of, uh, that he intends to be boasting uh, about at this G20 and encouraging the rest of the world to take up, is he digitized the economy so that 83% of Indians now have uh, a bank account and take digital payments, which is is double what there were before he did that. So that is an astonishing achievement. And, and one of the... Um, byproducts of that is that people deal directly with the government digitally. So through their smartphones, they'll file their taxes or they'll pay for permits. And it has enabled um, the country to to break out of that kind of low level corruption that afflicted everyone's lives, where they were constantly having to pay a bribe to a government official and pay, you know, increasing bribes and different numbers of people. And, and I think another thing that, you know, I was told that, uh, that, that, Modi had allowed Indians to feel pride in being Indian and that that hadn't really happened before. And Catherine, what about the negative sides that you've seen away from Delhi and in the kind of rural, poorer areas? Yeah, I went out to a place called uh, New, which is a, a rural area about 50 miles out of Delhi. And it's where there was recently um, a flare of religious violence um, these sort of right-wing Hindu nationalists who are the bedrock of, of Modi's supporters 
And they quite aggressively marched into a Muslim area there to, in, a, in a sort of religious show of strength. It then spread much closer to the capital and it ended up with a, a mob storming a mosque there. They stormed the mosque and killed a young imam there. Part of Modi's appeal, part of his promotion of this idea of Hindu nationalism and that India is really a Hindu state, not a secular one. Um, the flip side of that is that he has marginalised Muslims even more than they were already. And uh, and that has led to a, quite an upsurge of violence against Muslims in the country that, that seems either officially tolerated or even sanctioned. Wow. Okay. Um, Catherine, thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, If you want to read Catherine's piece, by the way, do head online, take out a Times digital subscription. Well worth it. A Daisy Ridley film called Ophelia has been removed from Rotten Tomatoes following accusations of the publicists of the film paying critics $50 to get more positive reviews for the film than it actually got, taking the review percentage from 46% to 62%. Mm. Uh, The website Rotten Tomatoes uh, collates reviews from lots of critics, puts them all in one place, um, but it bans people from being offered money to write falsely favourable reviews. And the Times' media correspondent Alex Farber has told us what people in the industry he's been speaking to are worried about as a result of this. Their concerns centre around this fact that reputationally it's damaging. You know, in the vast majority of cases, publicists would never dream of seeking to influence critics. That would be beyond the pale and they wouldn't dare to ask. And there's no suggestion that this is happening with, with those high-profile reviewers. But it does show that systems are open to abuse and that unscrupulous actors can take advantage of that. The Times, by the way, gave Ophelia two stars. That is by Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, but the lyrics were written by Bernie Taupin. I should have stayed on the farm, I should have listened to my old man. Uh, That is because Bernie Taupin grew up on a farm. But he's now 73, living in California, and The Times has visited his home and done a long interview, which is on The Times website now, and it has some great details. Yes, Bernie Taupin being, of course, Elton's long-time songwriting partner, um, and talks about how... Elton John invited Bernie Taupin to live in his mum's flat with him when they were both very young and that they shared bunk beds. I like this quote from the interview. At the time, he, that's Elton John, wore all these bells and beads and he used to have this unbelievably annoying habit of hanging them on the bed where they would rattle during the night. I would reach up and throw them off because they would drive me crazy. And one day, Bernie Taupin told the Times he was having eggs and bacon for breakfast and he just happened to write this song. It's a little bit funny This feeling inside He joked in the interview those words could only have been written by a 17-year-old virgin. (laughs) Um, The interview with The Times also goes into quite 
dark periods, uh, Elton John's drug use, and when he was sort of using his power uh, very much. Um, Like the time, Bernie Taupin says, he was staying at the Inn on the Park in London and rang the record company to ask them to do something about the weather because there was too much wind. Part of me found it incredibly funny, part of it was sad, and part of it was dangerous. That one is I'm Going to Love Me Again from the film Rocket Man, and that song won Best Original Song at the Oscars and the Golden Globes. And in his acceptance speech, Bernie Taupin said, it's a relationship that doesn't happen very often in this town. It's a 52-year marriage. Yes, his friendship with Elton John. Um, also worth saying, of course, that the Times did also speak to Elton John as part of this piece, um, and asked him where he thinks he would be without Bernie Taupin and here's the quote I'd probably be working in WH Smith's or a record store Um, our meeting was serendipity on the biggest scale do go online and read the full piece I'm here with Mike Smith the foreign editor at the Times newspaper what is coming up Germany is gripped uh, by the mystery sandwich thrower of Magdeburg. Um, Almost every morning for the past six months, uh, a freshly made sandwich has been thrown from a speeding car at a series of houses on a quiet B road in the town of Magdeburg. Uh, The flavours vary, uh, liver sausage, salami, cheese, but the modus operandi is always the same. Police and psychologists are now on the case to try and solve the mystery. Yesterday on The World in 10, we were talking about Daniel Medvedev saying that someone could die in the kind of heat that they're playing in at the US Open at the moment. Um, And we were talking about expert analysis that The Times had done on that. Well, it's not quite death, uh, but a junior player called Hannah Klugman has actually quit in her quarterfinal because of the heat. Yeah, if you haven't heard of her, Hannah is just 14, British, and she was playing against Laura Samsonova from the Czech Republic. Yeah, she was six love, three love down in 47 minutes when she quit in tears, having already sort of hunched over in between rallies. Uh, She was kind of clearly struggling. Now, junior matches are allowed to be suspended if the temperature reaches above 32 degrees Celsius or 90 Fahrenheit. And officially, it was below that level. But the information boards around the ground showed a reading of 34 degrees Celsius or 93 Fahrenheit based on a combination of the heat and the humidity. Yeah, certainly one to watch, uh, particularly as we get to the finals, of course, um, this weekend. Uh, That is it from The World in 10. There'll be more tomorrow. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.